I think everybody knows somebody who graduated from McKinley High School, right? Uh, those of you who, are, um, who graduated from a private school, uh, welcome. This is what a public school looks like. Uh, I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you at Open Arms Public School. But I really do want to welcome you. Thank you for choosing to spend your Easter with us here at KCF. Um, we're just so glad because Easter is really, really special uh, for those of us who are followers of Christ. But it really is a really special day for the whole world. Um, you know, we've been praying, we've been preparing for this service. And if you're a guest, if you're a guest here, um, we would especially like to uh, thank you for, for coming. Um, we kind of planned this whole service with, with you in mind. And so I really believe that it's not an accident. It's not an accident that you're here today. You might say, well, someone dragged me here. Well, you know, God led someone to drag you here. Someone twisted your arm, whatever it was. But, but God wanted you here today. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted us to pray, all right? Um, prayer is something that um, is so special because we, we get to bend the ear of Almighty God. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, God will answer and give us what we pray for. And so I want to pray that, that God would, would really touch our hearts this morning. That, that's the most important thing. Not, not to come here, uh, get all dressed up, not to come to a nice auditorium, uh, nice, not to come just hear some music or, or a talk. Hopefully it's inspiring, some kind of special thing. That's not the whole. The whole deal is that God wants to meet every person right where they are. That, that my heart is that, that, that you would leave this place knowing that, you know, somehow something was different. You know, that, that somehow they talked about God. Well, I kind of felt God this morning. All right, so let's just pray. Father, we, we just come to you and we say thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for sending your son, the Lord Jesus, to come and die for us. That he died on that cross for us. But by the power of God, by your power, he was resurrected from the dead. And because of that resurrection, we come here to celebrate. We celebrate Resurrection Sunday. And we thank you for your power that is greater even than the power of death. That you defeated even death. And that we can come here and we can be in your presence and we ask, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you speak to my heart? Would you speak to our hearts this morning? That you would speak to us spirit to spirit. And that we would leave this place knowing God was in that place. We thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. What comes to mind when you think of Easter? You know, there was a school and um, they, they kind of asked a question to children who were like four or five years old. And they asked them, you know, what is Easter to them? And, you know, they had a whole bunch of responses. You know, here's just a couple, two, three of them. One, one, one little kid said that Easter is when the bunny rabbit comes out at night and hides the chocolate eggs. That makes sense. Another, um, and this was really cool, one of the uh, a young boy said, it's when Jesus died on the cross. So when you eat hot cross buns, you see the spot where he died on right there in the middle. You know? And then my personal favorite you know, my personal favorite, I said, what is Easter? And, and this young girl said, it is when the Easter bunny comes to your house, makes a mess on the floor with his fur, 
drops eggs for you to eat, you know? And we all have, we all have um, ideas of what Easter is like. And some of you might be thinking, now, how did the bunny rabbits and eggs, what did that have to do with the resurrection of Jesus, right? Like, how did that all get, get meshed in? And the short answer is that nothing. There's nothing significant about that. The long answer is that there were a lot of, of ancient cultures who would um, look at the rabbit and look at eggs as a symbol of springtime and new life. And so somehow through time, it all got come jumbled up with all kinds of Easter traditions, and we have what we have uh, today. But you know, people, we all have our ideas, you know, like what Easter is all about. But what makes Easter so special is that at the heart of Easter is this amazing truth. This amazing truth that, yes, Jesus died. He died on the cross for all of us. You know, yes, he, he died, and, 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 and yet the amazing thing is was three days later that he was resurrected from the dead. You know, that's the amazing thing. That is a powerful, powerful demonstration that there is no power greater than the power of God. You know, our, our, our final enemy is death. And God defeated even that. And what Easter is, is an affirmation that what Jesus said about himself is really true. He is who he said he was. That Jesus said that he was the Savior of the world. And when he raised from the dead, it proved that what he said was true. In 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4, 1 Peter is a book of the Bible, it says this, Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life. And we have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And Jesus came to earth to give us more than just a retirement plan where we end up in heaven. That is so much more than that that Jesus came to give us a fresh new start and that life can begin right now, that we don't wait until we die, that we can have a fresh new start, a brand new life starting from right now, and it goes all the way and goes on through all eternity. You know, that's an amazing thing, that, that God, wants to, God wants to give us a life right now. And that's amazing and it's great news. And, and I believe, and I've been praying God's message for you this Easter, for all of us this Easter, is that Jesus came, he died for all your sins, and he was resurrected by the power of God so that you can have a fresh new start, that you can have a fresh new start, that God wants to meet you right where you are. You don't got to clean yourself up. You don't got to do what some religious ceremony of some kind, that God wants to meet you right where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you think you've done, how you feel about your life, God wants to infuse you with hope for your future. And there was this incident on that very first Easter, there was an incident where there was these two men, these two followers of Jesus, that um, they had committed their lives to Jesus. They gave up everything to follow him. They trusted him for everything, and it started off this grand adventure, that it was awesome, that there, he, there they were following this man who had demonstrated with amazing teaching. They never heard teaching like that before. He, 
He astounded the world. And that he did these amazing miracles, never before seen kind of miracles. And they were right there. That he, that, that he was truly the Savior of the world. And they were waiting for generations for this Messiah, for the Savior to come. And he's finally come. And they were his followers. And he was going to set up a kingdom here on earth. And they were right there at the ground level. And they were there. And they were with Jesus. And life, and life was good. And the future, oh my gosh, the future was so bright. But then their world and their dreams just got shattered before their very eyes. You know, one night, Jesus was arrested, and he was quickly crucified. Their teacher, Jesus, who was the hope of the world, was nailed to that cross, and they had left everything to follow him. And now the man that they thought was the Messiah was dead. And they thought, how could that be? Like, like wasn't he the chosen one? You know, wasn't he the one that was going to usher in this new kingdom? Didn't he do all those amazing things? And now he was dead. How could that have happened? And to say that these guys were, were discouraged was an understatement. That, that they, were, they were devastated. They were heartbroken. They were confused. They were disillusioned. And they were fearful. Thinking, are we next? And so what they did was, there's nothing left for them. They didn't know what to do, and so they leave Jerusalem, and now they're on this dusty, lonely road out of Jerusalem, headed pretty much to nowhere. They're just going to go, and they're going to follow this road, and they're going to go to this town called Emmaus, about seven miles away. They went from the, the penthouse to the outhouse. And have you ever felt like that? You know, have you ever felt like that where, where life started out so great? You know, the future, like, man, the future holds so much promise that, that everything looked great. But then now you look back and you think, well, you know what? Um, it hasn't really turned out the way you hoped for. You know, that you've had dreams, you had excitement for the future, but just not happening. You know, things were going great until maybe you had a lapse of judgment and uh, made a costly mistake. And life hasn't been the same. Or maybe you've lost someone. Maybe a death. Or or maybe a relationship. And a fractured relationship that just just seems just totally beyond repair. Or you've lost something. You know, maybe you lost a job that you just, that was your dream job. And you lost your job. Or, Or maybe you just feel like, you know, you've been living. And just living day to day with no real purpose or joy in your life. You just live in. Maybe you're, you feel like you're on a dusty, lonely road, kind of going nowhere right now, kind of going through the motions, just living, not sure where you're headed or really, you know, what the future holds. And I think the question is, could you use a breakthrough right now? Could you use a fresh new start? See, that's where these two disciples were, these followers of Christ. They're on this road and, and, and they were confused and discouraged. But their story is a story of hope. A story of this renewed heart. A story of a fresh new start. And their story 
really can be your story. Their story can be your story, and that's the power of Easter. And so on that first Easter, what we see is we see these two men. And they're there, and they, they have a broken heart. Group of women, they go to Jesus' tomb early that morning. They go there. He's not there. He's gone. And they remember, oh, yeah, didn't Jesus say that he was going to rise from the dead? And they were so excited. They, they went, and they, they began to share with people. But our two friends, these two disciples, they're not there. They don't know what happened. They're on this road out of Jerusalem. All they know is like, man, man life has come crashing down on us. And they're out of town, headed out of town. In Luke 24, verse 13, the same day, that same day, when, when, when Jesus' tomb was found empty, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to a village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they talked about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. See, that's what Jesus does. On this road, right where you are, when we are down, he knows our hearts. He knows where we are. And when we need him, he's going to come and he's right there. He's right there. Whether we recognize it or not, Jesus is there when we're on that road. And Jesus comes in verse 17 and he asks them, what are you discussing so intently as you're walking along? You know, he's coming there and he goes, hey guys, what's up? Right? And they... Verse 17, they stopped short, sadness written all across their face. Then one of, it, one of them, Cleopas, replies, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who haven't heard about all the things that have happened there in the last few days. What things, Jesus asked? The things that happened to Jesus. You know, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did... Um, powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. See, they, they no longer see him as the Messiah, you know, because he died. And what's going on? He says, you know, but our leading priests and our religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped. We had hopes. We had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. See? And we all have hopes. And we all have dreams. And we all have hopes to have a rich and satisfying life. We all have hopes of a perfect job. We all have hopes of finding maybe a perfect person, you know, and getting married. Or we have hopes that the marriage we have would somehow we, uh, be rekindled, you know, or that the hope of living a life of purpose and meaning. Or we have a, the hope of having a child. Or maybe we have the hope of having our children uh, turning their lives around. You know, we have hopes of getting out of debt. We have hopes of, of just having distress in our lives relieved. We have hopes that uh, we, to escape this rat race and, and just somehow be healed. We have hopes of being healed of a, of a disease or, or a disability. We have hopes of breaking this, this, this terrible cycle of addiction. You know, we have hopes. We have hopes. But when we see and we speak of hope as something in the past, like these disciples, man, it's discouraging. I had hopes. You know, I had. 
I had hope. I had wished. And maybe you're there where it's like, man, you know, I had. And hope is now a thing of the past. And the thing is, Jesus is there. They didn't even realize it, but Jesus was there, walking on that road with them, listening to all their troubles and their sorrows. And no matter how discouraging life gets, no matter how hurt or lonely or heartbroken you feel, Jesus won't make you walk that road alone. And you might not even know he's right there, but he's there. And as they walked with Jesus, their broken hearts began to stir. They went from a broken heart to a stirred heart. In verse 27, then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining about all the scriptures, the Bible, the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus at the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him, stay the night since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread. He blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, all of a sudden, their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. And they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn? Didn't our hearts get all stirred up when he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? You see, as they walked, even before they realized that it was Jesus, hearing the truth of the Bible stirred their hearts with hope. And, and they were being infused with hope. And the saying can be true for us today. See, that's the power of God in the Bible. That, that, that when we read the Bible, the pages of the Bible, no matter what you're struggling with, you open your Bible and Jesus will meet you there. Jesus will meet you right here in this book. Charles Stanley once said, he's a pastor, he once said that um, there was this woman who had received a letter from her fiancé who had, was in the military. And, uh, you know, her family and her friends would, would tease her a lot because of the care she had with, of that letter. She, just, she had the utmost care for that letter. And how she would read that letter over and over and over again. And she read it so much that she, she, she memorized that letter, you know. And no other piece of mail stirred her heart the way that letter did. And why was that? What made that letter so different? What made that letter so different was she, she was in love with the author. And the author was in love with her. You see, the Bible is a love letter from Jesus to you. And it will stir your hearts. Jesus will stir your hearts. And Jesus stirred the hearts of these two heartbroken disciples. And their eyes were open. And they went from this broken heart, their hearts were beginning to stir, to a joyful heart and a fresh new start. What an amazing walk, right? Seven miles. They start off, they're bummed, they're broken. And they're walking along, and Jesus comes up to them suddenly. Where did he come from? We don't know. Suddenly he appears out of nowhere. He joins them, and they don't even know it's Jesus. And Jesus begins to talk about the Bible, and they feel something. Their hearts begin to burn. And then they spend time with Jesus, and, and, and they have a meal with Jesus. And all of a sudden, their eyes are open, and they see him for who he was. 
And there he was, listening to their pain. And he stirred their hearts. And then they saw him face to face. They saw him face to face. And seeing Jesus makes all the difference in the world. See, seeing Jesus makes all the difference in the world. It turned their broken hearts into a joyful heart. In verse 33, And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. They had found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. And their hearts were so stirred, so filled with hope, that they couldn't stay still. See, they had just walked seven miles uphill in the snow. No, they just walked on this dusty road. And they're just walking. They're bummed. They're walking. And they had just walked seven miles. But something happened in their hearts. And they turned right around and they headed back to Jerusalem and they walked seven miles. But things were different. Things were different. See, a new, a fresh new start had begun. These two disciples, traveling that long road, experienced a fresh start. Their hearts were so so stirred, and their spirits were just filled with joy that they said, you know what, we got to go back. We just got to go back. We got to re-engage with life. And most everyone would love a fresh new start. We all would love to have our hearts stirred and our spirits filled with joy. That, that for some of you, God wants you so much. And in your spirit, you want so much to re-engage with life. Yeah, but I was hurt. I was, it, was, it was hard. And Jesus is right there. And seeing Jesus right there makes all the difference in the world. And he's saying, I will help you. I will give you a fresh new start. Because he wants you to re-engage. He wants you to re-engage. And that's the great news. That's the great news of this Easter. Is that if you want a fresh new start, it's possible. It's possible. No matter where you are in your life's journey, Jesus wants to come and walk alongside you and give you a fresh new start. You see, the risen Jesus is right here. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, Everything we have, right thinking, right living, a clean slate, and what? A fresh start comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. You know, I'm, I'm going to be... 60 years old in less than a month, right? And uh, I'm not necessarily thrilled about that. I feel old at 59. You know? Hey, but you get senior discounts. Whoopee. Whoopee. And I remember going to God and said, God, you know, like, I don't know how much time I got left. Right? Start thinking about that when you're 60, that and colonoscopies, right? Think about stuff like that. And I'm thinking, and I say, God, you know, I, I don't know how much more time. And it kind of it messes with your mind. 
And God said to me one day, he said, what do you want? What do you want? And I thought about it, and I said, do you know what I would want? I would want the next 10 years of my life, the sixth decade of my life. I want it to be the very best, that I want it to be the most fruitful, the greatest decade of my life. And I felt, I felt God say, you got it. You got it. And all of a sudden, it wasn't like, woo and things changed. But my heart stirred. And I, I just felt, from that day, I just felt, I got stuff to look forward to. Because this next decade is going to be the greatest decade of my life. And at 59 years old, God says, Mark, I'm the God of fresh new starts. And that means even you. And if God loves me enough to do that, He loves all of you to give you a fresh new start. You see, throughout history, people have experienced the love of God. They've experienced the power of God. And the love and power of God continues today, right here, right now. People continue to experience fresh new starts because of Jesus. And I want to introduce to you a few people who have and who are experiencing the love and the power of God in their lives. And I want to say this, let God, the Holy Spirit, speak to your hearts right now as you see with your eyes what Jesus has done, what Jesus is doing, what makes Easter so special the transforming love and power of Jesus to give us all a fresh new start. How amazing, how wonderful God's love is. His care, His concern, His desire the power to offer to all of us a fresh new start. You know, Jesus will come and He'll meet you right where you are. He'll meet you right where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you think you've done, that He will come and He will walk with you. And He wants to stir your hearts. He wants to stir your hearts. And I believe He's stirring your hearts this morning. He's stirring your heart. The, the, the warmth you feel in your heart isn't because of what's happening on stage here. Words or music. It's the Holy Spirit that's coming and He's opening your eyes to see Jesus for who He is. And God wants you to experience what those two disciples experience and what all of these people on stage have and are experiencing right now. They're just the regular people like, like you and I. And that's the encouraging thing is that, that He loves all of us. Oh no, He can't love me. No, He does. He loves us all. We all know that verse, right? For God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but they would have a fresh new start they would have a life that will go on forever friends that's an amazing gift it's a gift it's God's gift to all of us and I want to encourage you I just want to encourage you to take God up on his offer of this free gift and accept that gift today accept that gift today accept his gift of a fresh new start accept his gift of a personal relationship with Jesus the Savior of the world let him continue to open your eyes open your eyes to see Jesus for who he is because seeing Jesus makes all the difference in the world I'm going to lead us in prayer I'm going to lead all of us in prayer I'm going to pray and I'm going to search I'm going to be praying a prayer to accept Jesus as my Savior and, and you know I want to encourage you if you've never done that or, or you've kind of drifted away from that you're on that dusty road and you're just going nowhere you know maybe I need a fresh new start and you just pray along with me. You just pray along with me. Because God answers prayer. God hears our prayer. And the Bible says, if, that, if you believe in your heart, if you believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you can take it to the bank.